This piece of work was a collaboration between myself, René Hwajek, and Milani Goodchild. René and I were interested in challenging some of the more complex ideas around colonising space in the mainstream arena, ideas which in themselves were not being challenged. This piece of work is the culmination of that collaboration. As billionaires like Elon Musk ramp up their efforts to colonise Mars, questions about space exploration have become more important than ever. But is space ours to explore and conquer at any cost? Who gets to decide who colonises space? Is the Earth ours to destroy or does it form an integral part of who we are? How do our journeys into space inform the way we see ourselves? And Earth, the very being which gave us life. Our Manifest Galaxy is an oral performance designed to bring the audience squarely into the conversation about space exploration and colonisation. The quote at the beginning and repeated throughout the work comes from John Hollowhorn, Oglala Lakota, in 1932, attributed in The Earth Shall Weep, published in 2000. The idea of space as an indivisible living whole and accompanying quote comes from Kennedy Warren from an undated article written about the Wanganui River granted legal personhood recently by the New Zealand government in the National Geographic magazine circa 2017. Someday the earth will weep. She will beg for her life. She will cry with tears of blood. You will make a choice if you will help her or if you will let her die. And when she dies, you will die also. It takes my breath away that we're alive on this planet. That our arrangements of atoms and molecules, our DNA has emerged from and resulted in human life. Our life. It's much easier to imagine how these complex compounds could be destroyed rather than preserved, and yet, we're here. I'm scared for my place on Earth and Earth's place in space. I'm scared for what will happen to Earth and space if left unprotected. We want to reimagine space. Not as a new world to explore or destination to conquer, no, as a protected legal person. Imagine space a sacred heritage site belonging to no one and everyone. Imagine a space industry working within an environment protected for future generations. We should consider the idea of granting space legal personhood. All of space, including Earth, protected as if it were a sacred heritage site. Space as an indivisible living whole, henceforth possessing all the rights, powers, duties and liabilities of a legal person. You will make a choice if you will help her or if you will let her die. What an incredible role of the dice has enabled us to exist at all. Organic beings formed from the same stuff as Earth. We live on this rocky planet Earth within the habitable zone of our closest star, the Sun. If Earth's orbit was 
ever so slightly closer, it would be too hot to form life, with all our atoms torched by her blinding rays. If Earth's orbit was ever so slightly further away, it would be so cold we'd be frozen without liquid water. Our life force and elixir locked away, trapped without access to the one thing that has enabled us to form and exist as living beings on Earth. Do you lie awake at night thinking about this? I do. We've been searching for Earth-like planets for decades. Even if we were to find planets with similar characteristics, as humans, we're uniquely from Earth. We didn't travel to Earth from somewhere else. Human life emerged precariously over time from the planet we call home. It's not often, as humans, we think about our fragility, we just assume it'll work. If it's too hot, we die. If it's too cold, we die. It's like living on a knife edge. How unfathomable is it that our stable sun doesn't disrupt us? A boring star in its middle age. Our well-behaved sun, without too many flares or solar activity, settled and conducive to life. We're perfectly positioned in the solar system, spared most of the blasts of solar wind that would destroy Earth's gentle chemistry. Protected molecules, safe to form life. Every time I look out at the ocean, listen to the leaves rustle in the trees, feel the sand between my toes and the air circling my body, the same air protected by our atmosphere and invisible magnetic field, I marvel at this oasis we live in. It makes no sense to set our sights on a shiny new toy, a distraction far in the distance. Why would we leave? It's ludicrous to leave for the darkness of space simply because we have an urge to conquer the unknown. Perhaps you see yourself as this intrepid explorer out in the new colony. Deep, dark space, and you... I'm an astrophysicist, a cosmologist, a scientist. I work in the field of space. If you were to bet, you'd think I'd be going? I don't want to go. I know, that sounds strange. A scientist not wanting to go to space. Of course I understand why you'd want to go into this new world, this extraterrestrial terra nullius. But... When you fully comprehend the universe, you don't yearn to go. In fact, your feet become firmly rooted on Earth. Believe me, I've heard it all. Traitor, people scream. You're trying to stand in the way of progress. It's a natural progression. It's who we are as human beings. It's the next logical step. It's our manifest destiny to explore, to develop, to conquer space. Is it? Have you asked yourself why the push to progress? Why conquer at all costs must be the truth? Why it's the natural way? It's programmed into our DNA? Who told us that humans have an innate obligation, a duty to conquer the solar system, to invade, to colonize, to own? That human nature demands scientific progress? We've all been seduced by this narrative. As a scientist, I'm complicit. I give talks about space, the wonder, the beauty, the awe. 
I get you excited about space at all costs. So then the dream of scientific conquest sounds, well, natural. But weren't we also told that human nature required racial segregation? That human nature makes men better scientists? That human nature means men and women have different brains? That human nature is our manifest destiny? You won't be going to any new colony created in space. How would you get there? How many people do you think will leave Earth for a new start? For a space colony wherever it is. Mars, Moon, beyond. What? 10%? 10% is a billion people. How will we move a billion people, much less organize them when they arrive, wherever that is? Let's be realistic. It's going to be, at the very best, more like 0.1%. And of course, who will decide who's included in that 0.1%? Will there be a quiz to figure out who are the brightest and the best? A start-again opportunity not to be missed? Have we even agreed on what the brightest and the best means? Will there be a lottery, some random chance to leave the planet and start again? Maybe a reality TV show we watch enraptured from the comfort of our home on Earth? A few rich, brave souls seduced into a one-way ticket to... What? All falling for the space-at-all-costs narrative. Lessons learned, paid for with their lives. I'm not trying to be harsh, but we need to face facts. Decisions will be made about who gets to go. How fair do you think those decisions will be? How fair have they been in the past? The world is captivated by the rogue space entrepreneurs deciding our future. The fate of space and humankind. It's intoxicating. A handful of rich leaders and groundbreaking CEOs. You and I aren't included in these conversations. We're the public along for the ride. We won't be included in the decision-making process. Chess pawns don't get to move the queen. We've been sold a lie. A dream of a new start, a socialist utopia. Space fecund, opened up and fertile. A wilderness, empty for all to be stated. Space may be plentiful, but let's be frank. It'll be sold to the highest bidder. The world today, its power, its networks, its capitalism, its greed, its money, will be reflected back in the new world, in space. If you think Earth is bad, space isn't going to be any better. This isn't like any other journey. How likely is it that the space pioneers will create a new and different society given the pressure of finding and starting a new home? Will they simply replicate the same earthly systems of power and control in space? <laughs> Does it even matter, given that it's unlikely we'll be going? It's a little like turning your back on a friend. Some might dream of soaring away from Earth, fleeing the drought and heat we've generated, our sullied home no longer fit for purpose. But I would always be looking back at Earth abandoned. I'd be looking back thinking only of our missed opportunities, our misplaced loyalty to progress, to change, to newness. I'd be soaked in the loss of our home. The loss of Earth for no other reason than to sow the seeds of progress for future generations. Is space our only hope? The new frontier? The fancier, the cleaner, the purer version of the world we have now? Our plan B, 
our get-out-of-jail-free card when we've ruined Plan A, Earth. Space tourism, the new vacation destination. Earth viewed as ruin porn. Chernobyl left to its own devices. Our Earth a spectacle to the residue of human achievement long in decline. If I'm staying, I want to say in what remains on Earth. If I'm staying, I want to say in the exploration of space. If I'm staying, I want to be included in the conversation about what happens in space and what happens to Earth as a result. The space entrepreneurs can't be allowed to destroy our home in their pursuit of a new life. I hear you thinking, what will Earth look like in the wake of space? What happens when we reach a population of 8 billion? 9 billion? 10 billion? What happens to a land exploited by chemicals and fertilizers? Its life force sucked dry by a privileged few for the benefit of a future colony far out in a new world, space? I'm scared. I'm terrified looking at a future that our silence has commissioned. More consumption, more prosperity, more children and more demands on Earth. Our home, destroying the very thing that gave us life. You thought you were scared before. You think you're scared now? That's nothing. We'll all be scared when it's too late to stop the impact space exploration has on all of us. That's not even thinking how much worse it'll get once they start polluting Earth from a space colony. Someday, the Earth will weep. She will beg for her life. She will cry with tears of blood. Remember, we're not leaving. What does leaving mean anyway? It'll look just like our departure at the end of a march, a parade, a festival. Tons of trash left behind. When people leave in their haste to go, they'll discard debris on Earth that no one is willing to clean up. Trash abandoned when the space junkies left. The natural order is for those left behind to clean it up, while the brave pioneers, the rogue space entrepreneurs, spend more of Earth's precious resources conquering the new world. The decision to permanently put humans in space to stay, to live, to colonize, has incalculable consequences for Earth and those who remain. This isn't just some game. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. I shudder when I picture that clear blue sky riddled with streaks of white graffiti, trails from launches drawing the quest for progress across the sky. They don't tell us about the jumble of space traffic going up and air traffic going sideways, little ants in our tin cans of progress. They don't tell us how we'll ferry fossil fuels from mines on the moon back to Earth. Imagine limitless fuel. We can burn as much as we like, right? With no need to conserve resources, we'll be gamblers with an infinite overdraft. Our desire for conquering space will give us an even more polluted sky. I can almost taste the blanket of acrid smoke. Am I saying we should turn off our curiosity? That all space programs should cease? No. I want to know space, to understand the mysteries of how it fits together. But we don't need to insert ourselves into space to experience it. To understand it, we don't need to poison the water, to contaminate the air with our own breathing, 
to take out-of-control viruses to the new planet. Robots can answer any questions with minimal risk to our safety and minimal cost. At the rate we're developing technology, they could make independent decisions about how to search efficiently for new things. The same independence of artificial intelligence we fear on Earth could be an ally in space. So, instead of rushing to plant our flag in the solar system, let's think why do we want a physical presence in space? Let's put the controls in place now for ensuring mechanisms are created for protecting us and space. Let's not be driven by the desire to conquer space at all costs, like it's our right to do so. Like it's our manifest destiny to push the boundaries, to conquer no matter the cost. People who colonized Earth's new world in a controlling panic talked about their destiny, their right to do so. Rushing means we lose our clarity. Rushing means we lose our voice. Rushing means we can't go back and start again, if like Earth it fails. Rushing means we lose control. If the narrative for space exploration is driven by that same sense of entitlement, the same entrepreneurs, aren't we doomed to the same outcome? You will make a choice if you will help her or if you will let her die, and when she dies, you will die also. If our goal is the preservation of life, protected by law, we should manifest our destiny by granting the whole of space, including Earth, legal personhood. Thank you for listening. I'll be producing more podcast episodes on a variety of topics, so please subscribe if you'd like to listen. The following were instrumental in the final work. René Hwajek, South African cosmologist and assistant professor of astronomy at the University of Toronto, Canada. Malani Goodchild, Ashinabekwe, social innovator. Pamela Neal, Australian artist creating original oral performances. If you would like to learn more about upcoming podcast episodes and my work, please visit pamelaneal.co.uk.